0: <laughs> a legend in my own head, probably. That's about it, I think. Right, uh, well, I just want to do a couple of things. I'm going to, Steve. Do you really want to put your stuff down and then come back? Uh, just, I just want to stand here. I've got a word for you. Um, just let's come down. Here. I don't want. I've done falling off the stage. I'm not, I'm not doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Let's not do that again. Um, I want to anoint you today, and I just felt, I had this thing, the word I had um, was quite simple, uh, rest assured, and I felt God was saying, and is saying to you, let all striving cease, rest assured, and I believe you're very safe in God's hands, and that there is, that, that uh, there are things yet you don't see. That God is established in you. Other people actually already perceive some of that. It's just that you don't yet. (laughs) But it's God's doing a really good work in you. I have to say, He is doing a fantastic work in you. All right, Father, I just thank you for Steve, and I just speak these words over him today. Rest assured, Lord. I just pray let all striving cease, and Father, may he rest in the peace of God knowing that God is directing his steps, knowing that God has got a purpose and a plan for his life, Lord. But underneath all of that is this fantastic relationship with God. Father, I pray that he would be established, Lord, a a, a new, a fresh Lord, in the the wonder and the joy of the relationship with his heavenly Father. And just before these people honor this man, Because he is a godly man. And Father, I thank you for what you've put in him, Lord Jesus. I thank you for what you're doing in his life. Lord, fresh anointing for all that lies ahead, Lord Jesus. Fresh anointing, Lord Jesus. Fresh life for all that lies ahead, Lord Jesus. Whoa, thank you, God. Father, yes, Lord. Giant killer, Lord Jesus. Man of God, thank you, Lord. Woo! Father, it's what he is. It's not what he's going to be. It's what he already is. Thank you, Lord. It's what he already is, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Giant killer. Amen. Bless you. Hallelujah. Um, uh, There's someone else here today I just want to pray for. That's Rob Brown, who's sitting here at the back now. Rob and I don't see each other very often, but he little did he know when he came to Forefront last week that I was preaching here this week. He's obviously come here to escape me (laughs) and has failed miserably. Um, (laughs) Rob, just uh, come here for a minute. I just want to pray for you. I've got this word for you about uh, God. God says um, that... Uh, what I saw is a picture actually. So, because I'm an architect, sometimes I get very dull pictures. This is one of those, really. Um, you have a thing on buildings called subsidence. And what happens is foundation shifts, ground shifts underneath foundation shifts, you get a big crack in the building. What they'll do is they'll dig out a hole uh, around that and they'll do it in sections and they'll underpin the foundations just to stop it falling over, basically. And I felt, so that was the picture I was seeing and I was saying, well, what's that about? And I just felt God was saying, he is strengthening the foundations. It's not that the foundations are not there, it's just he's strengthening. He's doing something there which is about strengthening those things. And that's just not about stabilizing something, because I don't believe that. I believe it's, it's a strengthening that is for for the new things that God is building, for the, extra, uh, for the extra weight that he's able to then put on that and transfer on that, because it's stronger than it was before. So, Father, just pray for Rob this morning. Lord Jesus. I pray that you would do that wonderful work, Lord. It's not a glamorous work. Often it goes unseen, but Father, it's a fundamentally important work that you're doing in this man's life. Father, I pray that you would renew and strengthen those foundations, Lord, so that he becomes a stronger man than ever before. Lord Jesus, I thank you for what you've built in his life, and I thank you for what is to be built and what is coming in his life, Lord God. Father, I thank you that this is not the end, but a new beginning, Lord Jesus. So Father, strengthen them in in this mighty way, Lord. This work of the Holy Spirit to strengthen foundations, to strip away, to work at that which needs working out, Lord God. Do that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Bless you. All right. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Let's. Um, let's see. Brian said I only had twenty minutes, but I haven't started yet. <laughs> no, have uh. <laughs> it's time to go home. Right. No, not quite. Um, I want to, I know you've been looking at sort of various aspects of discipleship, uh, and I, I want to, uh, I've got, I want to focus on a piece of scripture in a minute or two. Um, I want to start with a couple of quotes for you. And uh, the first one is uh, from a guy called Lee Camp, and uh, he said this, Jesus of Nazareth always comes asking disciples to follow Him. Not merely accept Him. Not merely believe in Him. Not merely worship Him. But to follow Him. One either follows Christ, or one does not. There is no compartmentalization of the faith. No realm, no sphere, no business. No politic in which the lordship of Christ will be excluded. We either make him lord of lords or we deny him as lord of any. To follow Christ is to follow Christ. Which didn't sound very profound. But it's a question which we need to ask ourselves about our lives from time to time. We sometimes need to make a sober assessment of our lives. And I think that we're in a season where it's important that we make that sober assessment. Where we take a look and say, am I a follower of Christ or am I a churchgoer on Sunday morning? Am I a follower of Christ or am I just someone who likes a bit of worship on in the car in the morning? Am I a follower of Christ to the nth degree? And I know that for all of us, we could probably, if we're honest, think, well, I probably could do better. I don't want to condemn us or leave us in a place where we just sort of feel that, that you know, we, we failed and we're, that we're not good enough. The good news is, if you feel you're a failure, you qualify for grace. And it is by grace that we follow Christ. It is a strengthening of the Holy Spirit, but we do have to take responsibility. Grace is not a cop-out whereby it just says, well, God does it all. Well, He does do it all, but we have to comply with it. We have to, uh, we have to uh, avail ourselves of the grace of God. And one of the sure ways of availing yourself of the, of the grace of God is to humble yourself before Him. Admit your weaknesses and say, God, help me. That's where I... Regularly find myself. <laughs> I want also this morning, just this is a little aside, I hadn't thought about it until I, I got up here really. The Bible really talks about disciples, not disciple. And we have a very individualistic mindset. This has to be worked out in the, the context of the body of Christ. If you're going to be a disciple, you're going to be one of many followers, and you're going to be a part of a group that is following. You're not just, it's it's not just you and God. If it's just you and God, you've gone wrong. You've missed the point. And too many Christians are living in isolation, and I don't really, in one sense, even count this, because this is not enough. You have to have more than Sunday morning. You have to have the nitty-gritty of one another's lives. The disciples who followed Christ were were in together, okay? That's important for us. You've got to work out how you do that. It's not easy in modern day life. But please don't make excuses for yourself. We're, We're capital at doing that. We're great at that. There's any number of reasons why I can't meet with someone else. Why I can't do that discipleship. I have a little group on Monday night of guys that gets together. I love that. It's vital for me. I don't know how they feel about it, but for me it's vital. It is absolutely vital that we sit, that we talk about the things of God, that we pray together, that we share our, our strife, that we share our difficulty, that we talk about you know, matters um, of the Word or matters of just life in general. Whatever it is, nothing's off limits. Everything can be discussed. That's called discipleship, as far as I'm concerned. That is part of that process. I've got another quote for you. Um, The Christian life does not just evolve. It also requires specific decisions and public commitments to deepen our faith and obedience. It's from a chap called Mark uh, Galley. And I've just recently, this, this little gold badge is my Order of St. Leonard. And uh, a few, couple of weeks ago, I, uh, I went uh, to Roxhall Abbey and uh, they consecrated me in the Order of St. Leonard. The powerful thing for me, in particular about that occasion was that it was a public um, commitment afresh to God. Now, throughout my life, and I recently found a couple of Bibles in my loft. One was a hardback Good News Bible, and the other was a paperback Good News Bible. I don't think they produced any other Bibles in the 70s. That was all there was. And uh, that's the, so I got these two Bibles. In the hardback one, when I opened it up, there was a little... Postcard-sized piece of paper, actually a card like a postcard, and on it it was written um, to me from a lady that I know as Auntie Wendy, and uh, she's Wendy Freeston. She's sadly she's no longer with us, but she's very much with the Lord. She's a very godly woman, and uh, she'd written this card on the occasion of my baptism, 1982. Okay, I was 12 years old, so you can work out how old I am. yeah, that old, yes. Quiet down you. This is coming from the lady is about to have her 70th. I don't know. Or had your 70th, sorry, yes. Sorry. So, <laughs> this is not the time or the place. It? We'll, we'll discuss that afterwards. The, this occasion of my baptism, it was a commitment, a public commitment before God that I was following Him. The other Bible, when I opened it up, was, uh, inside was an inscription that uh, my dad had written. It said, uh, on the 19th of the 11th, 78, Paul gave his heart to Jesus and entered the gates of heaven for eternity. Hallelujah. I was eight years old. In my life, I've seen, I've made a succession of commitments. Those, Those are two big markers. But I have gone through my life on a regular basis, committing myself to following God. Making a decision saying, I'm not going to do that, I'm going to do this. I'm not going that way, I'm going this way. I'm going to follow you, Lord. I found it, I found it, you know, there's, there's constant pressures. When I came out of university, or just before coming out of university, one of the things was, do I go to London and make my name as an architect or do I slip into the obscure world of church? <laughs> I chose the latter because the obscure world of the church is the place where it, your name gets written in the Lamb's Book of Life and, and you live for eternity. I, I chose uh, a, permanent, uh, um, a permanent name for myself in that sense in Christ than a temporary, you know, uh, a temporary one in this world. I don't know how far I would have got, to be honest, in the world of architecture, trying to make a name for myself. It's a tough business. I made a decision. I made a commitment before God. This is the way I'm going. I remember when I was in France, and I did all sorts of jobs. Some of them messy, some of them very smelly. Cleaned out a septic tank once. That was a deep joy. <laughs> Character building, I think they call it. And I remember because at that time I had very little outlet. I love to preach. You know I love to preach. Yeah. Huh. I, <laughs> I just like the sound of my own voice, John. That's all it is. Uh, so I'm, I haven't preached. And actually, I didn't, I, there was a period where I didn't preach for four years, really. Some people say that was a blessed relief. <laughs> I know who you are. And I know where you live. Um, I remember at that time saying to God, if, if all I ever did was clean lose, that'd be enough for me, provided you're in it with me. Amen. And that's it. That's, that's all, for me, that's what my life amounts to. It's about this commitment wholeheartedly to God. It's discipleship. It's choosing, and it's choosing regularly. It's choosing daily to follow Jesus, actually. That's a commitment we have to make every day when we get out of bed. What way am I going to do that today? Am I going to try and live this day in my strength? Or am I going to make those commitments? And am I going to make every effort, like Paul says, like the athlete that, that trains his body in order to run that race? Am I, is that the way I'm going to go today? And I want to stir your heart afresh with passionate zeal for following Jesus. If nothing else this morning, let's try and do that, shall we? Hallelujah. That'll do for an introduction. That was good. Right. (laughs) Let's open the Bible. This is going to be interesting, trying to do 20 minutes. I'm going to pray for a miracle. So... <laughs> let's uh, let's no I will I'm I'm watching the clock Ephesians chapter five I think that one stopped actually which is good news All right Ephesians chapter five I took the batteries out earlier on <laughs> Ephesians chapter five you found that menu. it's in the New Testament excellent and uh, we're going to read from verse eight. Um, we, there's a whole load of stuff you could go to a lot of places obviously in scripture uh, to look at discipleship or aspects of discipleship, discipleship because it's kind of you know, in all of it really isn't it uh, because discipleship in that sense is about our lives getting shaped by the word of God can I just even before we read this can I just make a fresh appeal to you all, to be a people who hunger for the Word of God. Can I make a fresh appeal and say that this is, wor- this is a worthwhile investment? I, I want to place a high value on the reading of Scripture, on the personal study of Scripture. Not for an end in itself, but for one reason, and that is to know Christ, to know God himself. To know Him personally. See, the desire that lies underneath the desire for reading the Bible is a desire to know God. To have a living relationship with God. If you don't want a living relationship with God, don't read the Bible. If you want a living relationship with God, read the Bible. If you want to follow Jesus, follow Jesus. Read the Bible. Okay? Okay? I want to make a strong appeal to it. I feel that it is something that we, we, we sometimes struggle with, we sometimes find hard, but I want to say to you it is worth persevering with. I, I've endeavored to persevere with this. Do you know what it does for you? You build a storehouse of the living Word of God. It's a storehouse. Jesus said that a good man, out of the good store in his heart, brings forth good things. An evil man out of the evil store in his heart brings out evil things. Sometimes uh, when I'm trying to help people, the, the first thing I'm saying to myself is, what does the word say? What has God spoken about life that helps in this situation? How can I bring truth to this one? To help them see what God has said so that they can line their lives up with the Word of God. We also, I've I've sometimes had to counsel some people whereby they've asked me even a question and said, I'm not sure, is it right to do this? They said, Well, we don't, you know, I'm, I'm seeking the Lord. Well, actually, what does the Word of God say? Sometimes that can just be an excuse because we've got an itching ear and what we want to do is we want to hear something that allows us to do just what we want to do. Rather than hearing, first of all, what is it that God has already spoken and said that I should do in this situation? I had someone recently who... Um, You see, in our society, in our culture, it's constantly shifting. We live in a day where it's perfectly acceptable to uh, date someone, live with them, have sex with them, and carry on as a married couple without being married. And that is very normal in our society now, so much so that it's also become something which Christians seem to feel is okay to do. Uh, and I've I've had situations where I've had a, a Christian person saying to me, "Well, I'm in love with this person," and I said, they're, "They're not saved." The Bible says, "Don't be unevenly yoked." Don't go there. Don't go down that path. But it, it's simply a matter we have we we must have this storehouse in us. We must know what the Word of God says. We must uh, live by it. We must ask for grace to help with it, but we must not compromise. Disciples follow to the nth degree in the sense that it's not about a legalism whereby we judge everyone else, but it is that I make decisions about my own life that says I'm going this way. Now, the conversation at university years ago, uh, we were talking about this whole business of sleeping around. And uh, uh, they, they, uh, they were astounded that, as I was then, a 23-year-old or something like that, I, I was still a virgin. And uh, we just began to just talk about that. And I, like, I'm saying, no, I'm not compromising on what I'm doing. I'm not judging you. I'm just saying, this is what I believe is right to do. They, one of the comments that came out, which made me laugh, they said... Um, yeah, but when you marry your wife, when you find someone, how do you know that the sex will be any good? So, I'm, so I talk about sex on Sunday morning, so I know some of you are getting a bit hot under the collar. I said to them this, I said, look, the great thing is that when I have sex with my wife for the first time, it's the only sex I'll have ever known. And I said, I won't be comparing her with my other sexual partners that I've had over my life. So I said, all the pressure is off. And he could see them sitting there going, "Oh yeah, he, he might have a point actually." <laughs> it was surprising because there and then, obviously, in front of everyone else, they weren't going to say anything. But later on, when I, when they could catch me on my own, and it was just them and it was just one of them and me, it'd be like, "Actually, Paul, I really admire you for that." I go, "Thanks. Why didn't you say so at the time?" <laughs> and the pressure that the world puts on to follow it, to to compromise what I hold as valuable, because actually what I hold as valuable is not just a rule, but it represents God himself. It is that I desire relationship with him over everything else. It is that that I hold up, It's not simply a rule. It's because I I desire to to be holy as he is holy. To walk as he has called me to walk. I want that relationship. I don't want to compromise. It is called love. Amen. Sorry, we were going to read scripture. Right, quickly. (laughs) Ephesians 5, verse 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake, you who sleep. Arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then, you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms um, and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Okay, let stop there. So that's verse 8 to 21. I won't uh, dwell a long time in this, but I just... This is a great piece of scripture. It bears uh, some meditation and thought on it in your own time, okay? I'll say that. It's, it's a, a passage that has some contrasts in it, light and dark, uh, being, being an obvious one. Unfruitful, fruitful. Um, and uh, fools and wise, okay? It's full of contrast. And and Paul is saying, don't be that, be this. If you're going to be a disciple, be this. Do these things. And uh, what's interesting, just um, firstly, the first thing I would just draw out of this for you, is that as a disciple, we need to make sure we've really caught hold of and settled the identity issue. And that we continue to live in it. Because I find that it is something that I have to remind myself of regularly. So here in the, this, the first verse that I read in verse eight, it says, "For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord, walk as children of light." Notice that it does not say, "You were once in darkness, nor does it say, "You are now in the light." It says, "You were darkness. You are light." It's an identity issue that goes right to the very core of your being. It's not what you're living in in that sense. It is what you are. It is who you are. You were once darkness, filled with darkness. We actually, despite appearances, uh, you know, uh, and out there in the world, there's plenty of nice people, but they are darkness. They are in spiritual darkness, and they are darkness. And they need to be in the light, and they need to become light. See, we've become light, therefore, Paul says, don't carry on living in darkness. Don't have that anything to do with the, the works of it. So don't live in it, because you are now light. This is what you are. This is what you have become. And I think we've really got to catch a hold of our identity, as he says here, as children of light, therefore walk as that. Walk as children of the light. Understand what, you, what you've been called to be. Understand what is in you. And sometimes, you know, when we, uh, as we do, we, we falter and fail or make mistakes, we can return to, you know, to Scripture and to God himself and avail ourselves of the grace of God. All is not lost. We are still light, even if we've dabbled in darkness, even if we've messed with it and we shouldn't have done. It doesn't stop us being what we are, which is children of light. Amen? There's hope for us in that. It's okay, you know, look, it's, it, as Paul said, don't dabble with it, don't get caught up in it, but actually we, we also have that grace and that forgiveness of God to help us when we fail. Good. Um, The thing with the light is, uh, is, is also how that exposes things. And just this, I see this in two ways. One is that it will expose stuff in you first. Okay? And then secondly, as you change, as light pervades your life, that light which is in you will expose stuff that's also in the world. Sometimes you'll get quite sharp spiritual reactions because of what you are. And you need to recognize them as such. Some of you know our news. Thank you for your prayers. You know our news about Kate um, being diagnosed with, with breast cancer um, only just sort of a week or so back. Interestingly, the day that we first went to Northampton General on that Monday it was the day after order of St. Leonard's service, consecrate myself before God. Why? It's a spiritual attack. The enemy enemy doesn't like these things. When a light is advancing, darkness sometimes tries to impose itself, and we we must recognize things for what they are. And as children of light, we can expose the works of the enemy. That's the work of the enemy. I'm not having that. And so we recognize, and and it can be in all kinds of circumstantial things that, that these things come up. And sometimes, like I say, it's something in yourself. We have to allow God to expose in us weaknesses of character and help change us. One of the parts of being a disciple and going on that journey, and this is why we need other people around us, good and faithful people, The scripture says this in Proverbs. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. You need people around you who can tell you how it really is in your life. Because you can't always see it for yourself. There's wisdom in that. And there is wisdom in availing yourself of that kind of correction. And allowing that into your life. There is great wisdom in that. It is is not the easy choice. It is the tough choice. But if we would follow Christ, that is exactly the sort of thing that we need. It's not the easy choice. But God will refine us as we step out into that light. God will change us. We need... We, actually, I think we missed a trick when when, uh, when we had the Reformation. I think they missed a trick there. They should have kept some bits and confession was one of those. <laughs> I think the Protestant arm of the church has lost a a, uh, a real... A kernel of truth, but it's massive in the, the, the effect that that has in helping, to, in helping to refine and change us. Right, okay, I better start finishing. Okay, let me just... Um, let me say this about... Um, also about this scripture here. Is that we... Um, there, is, there is the classic verse about being filled with the Spirit, or go on being filled with the Spirit, is actually the, uh, the tense there. I want to say to you that you know, part of this, again, this, this scripture about <clears throat> you know, the fruit, there being fruit, fruit in the Spirit as well. So in verse 9 it talks about the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. One of the things about being a disciple for me is this is intensely practical. Being filled with the Spirit is not just an ethereal experience. It is something which we need. We, we, we come, we were encouraged this morning... To, to raise our hands in, in worship, Stephen encouraged us and said, catch hold, drink deeply of God. Get, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And actually, we need to be filled because the, then, in the day-to-day challenges of life, you know, what, we, what we need, what we want to see is Christians so full of the Spirit and full of the Word that as, as the squeeze comes on in life as it does, that what comes out of us is the very goodness of God. And it's a goodness that is, like, like we're, we're called to be good when, when goodness shouldn't, shouldn't in, in the world's eyes, shouldn't be made available, shouldn't be on hand. So it's like Jesus, or, you know, Scripture talks about um, being good to those who persecute you, Jesus said. Bless those who curse you. The world doesn't say that. The world says... No, you, you, you stand on your own two feet and you give as good as you get. And you don't get pushed around and you don't act like a doormat. God, Jesus, said, no, we, we bring the goodness of God when it is undeserved. We bring the goodness of God. We continue to be good even when we shouldn't. Th- that is being a disciple of Christ. If we're going to follow, we're going to follow his example. He went to the cross and and he didn't call down fire from heaven. He didn't call for a legion of angels to rescue him and beat up the bad guys. He went to the cross as a lamb to the slaughter. The goodness of God on display. He's the, he's the primary example of what the goodness of God looks like in the face of incredible intense evil. Follow Christ. The goodness of God. You can only do this, I believe, when you're filled with the Spirit. The world needs to see Christians who are followers of Christ, disciples who, who are so in love with God, so filled with the grace, so filled with the Spirit, that out of us comes that goodness in all circumstances of life. And it means that, you know, and I include in that things like praying for the sick, do, do, doing good to people. Jesus was a man who went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. That's what he did. Job description. That's us. We're children of the light. We're sons of the light. That's us. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it there. I'm going to get us to stand. I'm going to pray. I'd done about half an hour. That was not a bad effort. I tried my best. Yeah, it was good. It's good. You know, I love to be amongst God's people. I do, I enjoy coming here. Um, I love to be amongst God's people. But we've also got to learn how to be amongst the lost, the broken, how to do this Discipleship, this day to day living uh, in a way that blesses others. I want you to read scripture. And I want you to pray. Uh, I want you to develop a lifestyle of following Christ on a daily basis. It, you know, discipleship is not about the glory moments when someone is healed, it, 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 it really is about the tough decision. Uh, and the ongoing detail of choosing uh, to to read my Bible when I'd rather have an extra 15 minutes in bed. that's where the battle is won and lost. Because if you're going to pray for a sick person, you're going to do it because you're full of the Word and you're full of the Spirit. And you're only going to be full of Word and full of the Spirit if you're walking in that day by day, moment by moment. It's not glamorous, but it is good. It is good. It is fantastically enjoyable. You know, the, the, you know, with God, it says, in His presence is fullness of joy. Don't miss out. Don't miss out on the presence of God. Right, right, let's pray. See, I've carried on preaching. I shouldn't have done. Right, sorry, Lord. Father, I just thank you for this morning. Lord, for, for all the, all the good people in this church. And I mean that, Lord. They are good. They're full of the goodness of God. Lord, and I pray that they would be even more full of the goodness of God. They would be even more full of the Spirit of God. Father, I pray that like me, they would make fresh commitments. And I I want to encourage you right now, just where you are, to start to commit yourself afresh to God. You can just pray with me in this one, but uh, you can do it out loud. You can do it quietly. Dear Lord Jesus, I commit myself afresh to you today. I want to walk with you every day of my life. Lord, I want your light to expose my darkness. I want my darkness to become light. That I may walk as a son or a daughter of light. Lord Jesus, help me through your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit to be faithful to my promise. Amen. 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 Bless you. Thank you for having me.